Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. He's talking about because Jesus is God, we need to live above reproach in a world of people who are always looking to have an excuse to persecute us, in a world of people who are always looking for an excuse to criticize or attack us. In in their days, literally persecute by death. Uh, Because of that, we need to live above reproach. We also need to obey our government. Um, now that that might seem like yeah, sometimes that's hard for us to to do. But imagine living in this day when when their government was very very evil and was consistently killing Christians. So he's saying you need to live and you need to obey and you need to be respectful and you also need to respect your your boss or your employees. You need to um, love your your husband or your wife even if they're you're not married uh, to a believer. If they're a lost unbeliever, you need to make sure you love them and treat them well. Why? Because if you do this, it will show the gospel through you. So he says, finally, and then I love how Peter says, all of you, because Peter wants to remind us, hey, finally, everyone I've talked to and everyone included, and we're not leaving anybody out on you, all of you have unity of mind, unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. I mean, this verse is just one of the bigger and more difficult verses to live out because think about what he is saying. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. In other words, um, have a, a mind that is in line with the rest of your church. What is, what is church in the wild? Our, our missions, our vision statements, but more importantly, have a mind that is in line with the Bible. Have a mind that says, if the Bible says this, I believe it. If the Bible says this is wrong, I'm not going to try to do it. The Bible says it's right. Like he's encouraging us as the church to live with unity in the main big idea of what does the Bible say. Yes, to what your church says, but more importantly to what the big church, capital C, the church says. Have unity of mind, sympathy. That's a hard one for us Americans to grasp. We we sometimes uh, we can't be sympathetic to others because uh, we're so self-absorbed that we just think we have it worse than everybody else. And truthfully, we really have it better than most cultures. But um, sympathy, brotherly love, another difficult one. Love the rest of your church. Be loving to the rest of your church. A tender heart. Always allow God to speak to you and convict you. This passage right here, truthfully, if you have a tender heart, this passage will convict you. If you have a tender heart, you will recognize when you do not have unity of mind with the rest of the church, when you do not have sympathy or brotherly love. And, he says, tender heart and a humble mind. How often in our own lives do we get so arrogant in our mind? We get so judgmental in our mind. We get so critical in our mind of others. Peter is saying, hey, all of you, 
Have unity of mind, have sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, and a humble mind. This is a very challenging passage. Do not, he says, repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Think about the power of this verse. He's saying when someone criticizes you, don't criticize them back. When someone attacks you, don't attack them back. When someone in the church spreads a lie about you, don't talk about them back. When someone um, is critical or, or hurtful towards you, don't hurt them back. Why? Because you were called to give and to be a blessing. I don't think we talk about this enough in church. We are called to share the gospel, yes. But we are also called to be a blessing to those around us. That's part of our calling, to bless everyone we come in contact with. And then he says, for that you may obtain a blessing. So by giving a blessing, by being a blessing to the church and to the lost world around us, but specifically he's mentioning the church here, you obtain your blessing. Four, verse 10, four. Whosoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. I mean, this verse right here, I've read this verse over and over and over and over again today. It's so convicting and at the same time inspiring and at the same time educational. Think about it this way. We all want to love life. And if you're thinking like, oh, my life is so bad. I don't love my life right now. Are you, is your, your tongue being used for evil? And are you speaking deceit? Not even lies, deceit. Just things that are half-truths. We in America call them white lies. That's a, that's a way that we kind of justify our sin. Um, we, we call them white lies, but, but here it says speaking deceit. It's saying things that are not true. So if you don't love your life, if your life is not the best life ever, what are the words you're, what words are you saying? I mean, think about how convicting that is. Oh, I don't like this about my life. Yeah, well, what are you talking about when you talk? He says, if you desire to love life and see good days, keep your tongue from evil. We make having a happy, good life in America, we make that everything. So we do all of these different complex things and we're all in this race to have a happy, good life. And everybody says, oh, you got to love your life. If, if you're not living your dream, then, then change your surroundings, change this, change that, change this. And we so often forget that the thing we need to be changing according to the Bible is just simply what we say, what we say. The words we use determine whether or not we will have a good life and a blessed day. Do you want to have a good life? Do you want to have good days? Change what you talk about. Change how you talk. Well, I just, I'm a realist. No, you're not a realist. You just convinced yourself to see the bad 
in the world around you. That's not being a realist. That's being a pessimist. Well, I just call things. I just say things how they are. No, you say you call things and say things for how you see. Not how they are. It's just the lens you choose to see the world through. So, if you want to have a happy, loving, great life, let your tongue speak good and keep your lips from speaking deceit. Don't be deceitful and don't be mean. That's the key, according to Peter, to living a good life and loving the life that you live. So, think about it this way. We talk about, oh, if you want to love your life, you need, you need a, a big house. Not according to Peter. You need really nice cars. Not according to Peter. You need to be healthy. Not according to Peter. You need another stimulus check. Not according to Peter. You need this. Not according to Peter. You know what? If you want to love your life, you need this dream job. Not according to Peter. You know what? If you want to love your life, you you got to find the, the love of your life. Not according to Peter. Peter's summarization of whether or not you have a good life is your life will be determined by the words that you speak. So if you want to love your life, start speaking better things. Start speaking better things. I mean, this passage is so convicting. You want to love your church? Start talking good about it. You want to love your spouse? Talk good about your spouse. You want to love your kids? Talk good about your kids. You want to love your in-laws? You want to love your siblings? Speak good about them. You want to love your, your, your situation in life, your, your relationship, wherever, status, whatever it is? Speak good about it. If you want to love your life, speak good things. Verse 11, it continues. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So, if you want to love your life, don't let your tongue speak evil. Don't let your tongue speak deceit. Turn away from doing wrong things and do good. And then... Seek peace among everyone around you. Try to find peace with those around you. Rather than, hear me on this, church, I love you. But rather than creating a hundred million things that are wrong with, oh, they meant this by that. Give them the benefit of the doubt that they meant well. Seek peace. Figure out any way possible to have peace with the rest of the church. And you will have a great life. I'm not going to let someone walk all over me. Seek peace, according to P Peter. Now, this is not how Peter always was. Peter was the man who regularly was fighting. You remember Peter at the Garden of Gethsemane. He attempts to chop off the head of someone. He ends up cutting his ear off. Jesus then picks the ear up and puts it back on in one of his last miracles. Peter's learned here, hey, unity of mind with the rest of the church. Sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart. Speaking good, turning away from doing what's evil, doing good. So it's not good enough to just say, I'm not going to do wrong instead, but, but I'm never going to do anything right for anyone else. No, no, no. Don't do evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Find any way possible to have peace with those around you. 
Then he closes this section up with this, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God watches. God sees us. God sees when we attempt to bring peace with someone who does not want peace. God sees, he hears when we attempt to be kind to those who treat us wrong. God sees that. And sometimes we need to get our eyes off of here on earth and we need to start thinking and start thinking and, and, and believing and looking at eternity. Because you might be mistreated by that person in your church for the rest of your life. But God sees the fact that you attempt to promote peace with them. And he blesses that. And the Bible says he hears your prayers. He's, more, he's open to your prayers. But his face is against those who do evil. This, this passage, church, is, is one of the, the harder passages to live out. It's kind of four, four short verses that, that are really convicting. They should be convicting. If you're not convicted by this, then then I, I think you need to read it again. You need to hear it again. If, if, if all of this section doesn't prick your heart and say, hey, you need to improve here, then you, you've given yourself over to pride. And pride has carried you so far that now you're like, no, I'm good. You know who needs that? That person needs that. If your mind went to another person needing this rather than to yourself and what you need to adjust and adapt and change, then I encourage you to read it again because God is very clear. Hey, all of you, all of you, every one of us needs to hear this. Myself especially, we need to hear this. We need to lean into this and we need to be convicted by it and we, we might need to change some things. We might need to change whether, well, yeah, the church, you know, yeah, the church says you matter, Jesus matters, grace matters, details matter, but I think this. You know, they brought in this new person. And I think this. You know, they got this person doing that. I think that we have no unity, no sympathy towards others. I don't care whether they, we see people and they're just hurting and we just walk by. We're not tenderhearted. The church is, the church is supposed to resemble heaven. And this is what heaven looks like. And so we need to be convicted by this. We should be convicted by this. We need to stop speaking evil. We need to stop speaking deceit even. Not, not even just evil, but deceit. Just things that are half-truth. We go, oh, white lies. That, that's, that's a cover-up for our sins. We need to be honest with ourselves. Why? Because it will help us love our life, for one. Like, we'll have a great life if we do these things. But number two, God is always watching. He always blesses those who do well. He hears the prayers of those who are seeking peace with that person who just won't give them any leeway at all. His face is against those who do evil. So I'm excited to continue through this, this passage. This Peter is, is a man who just calls things like they are, and I love that, and I appreciate that about him. It's one of the things that I really like about him is he doesn't take any prisoners. He's not here to make us feel better about ourselves. He's here to make us understand what God expects from us, what God looks for in us, and how we can live holy in an unholy world. 
I'm excited to continue this as we as we continue to go through First Peter. I'm also excited because when we begin our new series uh, called Begin Again here the week after Easter, uh, we'll jump into the book of Acts. And Acts is just one of those, man, it's one of those, those books where you read it and you just get fired up about Jesus. You get fired up about what the church can do. Always remember, you matter, Jesus matters, grace matters, and details matter. Have a great rest of your week, church.